You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving last week or at least survived Thanksgiving last week. (laughs) No, but I I really do. I really hope you're able to, you know, enjoy some time with your family and your loved ones and maybe even rest a little bit, take some time off work. So um, I do want to say before I get too far into this episode, if you hear some snoring in this recording, that is my basset hound. That is Peach. She is underneath my desk right now and she is sound asleep. <laughs> She's not, if you've ever been around a hound dog, they are not uh, quiet sleepers and I can't get her to move. So yeah, there's that. And I'm not going to be a perfectionist here and I'm not going to, you know, wake a sleeping hound dog because she's adorable too so (laughs) that's just it if you hear the snoring just ignore it just just picture a very cute hound dog that's all (laughs) so several of you guys have you know you've reached out to me the past few weeks and you've told me you know how helpful the episodes have been and the podcast and how much you were getting out of it and I want to help as many special needs moms on here as possible or even just moms in general So I have something to ask of you today. If you're a mom, any type, I want you to pay it forward and spread a little love today. If you enjoy this podcast, which since you're here, you know, listening, then I assume you do enjoy it. (laughs) I want you to share your favorite episode with a fellow mom. So you can tell someone about it. You can send the link to them, you know, from Apple podcast, whatever. You can share it on Facebook, however you want. But we just, we never know who might need to hear something. Who might need to hear, you know, maybe it's a little bit of encouragement. Maybe they feel less alone. Maybe they, you know, get some insight. But we never know who needs to hear that today. So let's share the love. Spread the word. And today, for our episode, I want to talk about something that it comes up for a lot of my clients. And it's something that actually me and my husband, we're talking about it. We've both kind of dealt with it in the past too and kind of worked through it. And it is this constant feeling of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Do you ever find yourself doing that? So... In preparation for this podcast, I wanted to look up that common phrase, um, you know, that kept popping up, that waiting for the other shoe to drop. And what it means is, the definition of it, means to await something inevitable, some, sorry, seemingly inevitable event, especially one that is not desirable. Uh, So the origin of it comes from the late 19th century to early 20th century in New York City, where apartments were built with the bedrooms on top of one another. And apparently, it was really common to hear your upstairs neighbor take off a shoe, drop it on the ground, and then take off the other shoe and drop it on the ground. You know, that repeated action from the second shoe. And from this, I I guess it became a shorthand for waiting for something you knew was coming. So, as special needs moms... 
it's so common for us to find ourselves waiting for that next shoe to drop, right? You know, waiting for that perceived inevitable bad thing to happen. You know, we're, we're so sure it's going to happen, right? <laughs> when Leo was younger, we were, we were constantly in and out of the hospital, like I'm sure many of you guys are pretty well versed in as well, you know, with him. And my husband and I, we both started almost like anticipating the next hospital trip. We would even, we would get nervous. If there was an extended amount of time since our last like hospital stay, our brains had us convinced that like, you know, however long it had been since our last stay, that if it was a longer, like a longer stretch, our brain was like, or my brain at least, was like, well, this next one's going to be so much worse, like tenfold. Like this next hospital stay is going to be awful because we've had, you know, three months of not going in. It's going to be awful. <laughs> you know, and just this thinking of like, oh, things are just going a little too smooth. Don't get used to it. Don't get used to it. I, you know, our brains are, are sneaky like that. Or maybe you even find yourself awaiting, you know, the next illness for your child. Or, you know, awaiting the next new thing to add to the long list of sub-diagnoses. Like, you know, you've got your epilepsy, you've got your hypotonia, you've got your, oh my gosh, the list just goes on and on, right? It's kind of like, well, what's next? Yeah, what's going to be the next thing we have to deal with? Um, or if your child maybe struggles with behaviors. Maybe you're always waiting for that next meltdown. When's the next really big one going to come? Almost like you're waiting for that storm to brew up, you know? Maybe it's that next fight with insurance. Like, ah, man, it's been a while since we've had to deal with that. Bet that one's coming soon. <laughs> you know, maybe when are they going to decide that something's not medically necessary for my child? You know, they've been, they've been approving a lot of things. We're due for one. Yeah, thoughts like that. We're due for one. That's crazy, isn't it? we're constantly waiting for that next shoe to drop, you know, it's, we're waiting for that next inevitable thing to happen. We're living from that place of constant stress in our lives. We're literally living in constant worry over, all over, an unknown possibility. You know, it's something that hasn't even happened yet. We don't even know if it will happen, right? And I think that sometimes we almost feel... Like this pre-stress is necessary. Like it's going to lessen the blow when our prediction comes true. It's like we see this shoe dropping business as like a coping mechanism for ourselves. It's a way to prepare ourselves for when something bad, you know, happens. Like, oh man, yeah, I, don't worry. I've already stressed about that. I'm prepared. No, that's not how it works. But that's how we think it works, Right. Now, I've had clients even tell me, if I don't worry about it ahead of time, I'll be caught off guard when it happens, and I won't be prepared. <laughs> but are you ready for this? Are you ready? Research has actually shown that dreading what might happen next doesn't prepare you at all. Doesn't at all. <laughs> it doesn't reduce your stress if or when that thing finally comes. In fact... The research showed that it's the ability to experience positive emotions that improves our ability to cope with distress. Yeah, so things like joy, gratitude, happiness, 
things like that. You know, one of the areas that this waiting for the other shoe to drop (laughs) shows up in special needs moms is when your child has even hit a new milestone, you know, when things are going really well or is making progress on like one of their therapy goals. Our brains can panic and decide that this is the peak. It's all downhill from here. You know, and I'm just going to tell you like a little side story here. When Leo first started using his eye gaze, and he was making really big, you know, leaps here. He was doing really well with it. And I feel like, and back in, this has been a couple years, but there were some other things that he was really improving upon as well. Like all right at the same time, you know, he's hitting certain milestones. We're actually finally getting somewhere with our therapy goals and I just kept having this thought that he would have another, um, like essentially it's like neurostorming, you know, he would have another regression and would all be wiped away clean. Yeah. And I know that is common in a lot of different, you know, uh, diagnosis and disorders and stuff are these regressions. So have you ever found yourself like waiting just when's that next regression and I'll never get to see this again? You know, I used to never think every time Leo would, he can, he has a little, not, it's not super purposeful, but sometimes he is able to say like mom or, you know, like a a good, he always, it's always really elongated. If you know him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) But, you know, I would always be anticipating it to be the very last time I would hear it. You know, I'd always be thinking like, oh, I got, you know, I'd be recording, trying to record every single time he did it. Or, you know, I knew because he'd be saying a lot of things in, you know, a short amount of time there. So I get out my phone to record it because I'm like, this might be the last time I ever hear it. Because you might have a regression and I'll never see this again. You know, and when this happens, this stress of like this milestone, like, oh, this is it. This is, this is, this is the peak. Something bad. We're all going to go downhill from here. When that happens... It makes it incredibly difficult to actually enjoy the present moment, right? You know, we don't get to, we don't let ourselves enjoy the goal that has been reached. We don't allow ourselves to celebrate. It's like this fear that if we celebrate, we'll jinx it. And it'll all come crashing down around us, you know, our whole world. Like, ah, man, you celebrated too much. Got to take that away from them. It's not the way it works, though, is it? (laughs) And it's kind of hard to enjoy these moments when our brains are going this way, right, though? You know, it's hard to enjoy them when our brains are thinking that this is the last time we're ever going to hear our kids say, you know, mom, or, you know, the last time I'm ever going to see him use his eye gaze effectively, and which is crazy because here we are two years later and he's just getting better and better at it, you know? And even now as I'm saying it, I'm like, knock on wood. We haven't had a regression. My gosh, that's crazy, guys, you know. But here's the thing. It's our brain's default, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But our brains are just so busy, you know, so good at this spinning out in this mind drama of, you know, the worst-case scenarios, the what-ifs and the when-ifs. And even if these things were to come true, This just means that we spent double the amount of time stressing over them. Think about that. You spent all that time beforehand stressing about it, and then when the actual event happened, or if it happens, you spend that time stressing over it. 
right? Double the amount of time. Unnecessary. And also, we don't even know if that bad thing is going to happen. We don't know if that other shoe will ever drop. We really don't. And I don't know about you. I mean, I'm fresh out of crystal balls over here. I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. But when we are stressing for the future, we're missing out on all the joy that is right in front of us. We're not able to be present, living in the moment with our family. We're keeping ourselves from the good parts of life. So what do we do? How do we keep from letting our silly brains anticipate in fear every time things are going smoothly? So, you know, that research that I mentioned a minute ago, which it was done, by the way, uh, from a psychologist from the University of California, Riverside. Uh, so that research, it also says in there that allowing yourself to experience positive emotions doesn't set you up for disappointment. It actually increases your likelihood of achieving more goals. Yeah. So I think like, you know, oh man, don't you set your expectations too high. You know, don't get your expectations up. That's kind of what we think that we'll have more disappointment if it doesn't happen or when that bad thing happens. But it's actually the opposite. It actually increases whenever we do you know, experience positive emotions and let ourselves celebrate and, you know, have high expectations (laughs) actually increases our likelihood of doing more things that we want to do in life. Yeah. So our brain, you know, I said this earlier, our brain's natural default mode is negativity. Like I said, I wanted to say knock on wood here. (laughs) That's because my brain is hardwired for, well, apparently it's hardwired for, uh, what's that thing called? Superstition. But it's also hardwired for survival. And at one point in time, this negativity, it served a purpose in humans. You know, when we were being chased by, like, saber-toothed tigers on the regular. But in modern times, this negative default thinking, it leads to stress. Which is arguably one of the main contributors to like the leading causes of death. Stress can kill you. Yeah. So what was once a survival tool has now become what is slowly killing us. And that's a scary thought. But the good news is, is that our brains can be trained. You know, our thoughts can be redirected. Thoughts are not facts. They are just sentences that your brain offers up to you. You know, and when you're able to approach these thoughts from just a place of curiosity, almost like you're an observer of your own thinking. So when you're able to approach these thoughts from that place of curiosity and perspective, you're able to start getting unstuck from that negative default thinking mode. You know, you're almost like able to like get out of, you know, whenever you get, I should not even be talking about this, like a car or something, something that has like a default setting. And it's not ever the best, right? And you gotta like, I don't know, fancy tech people. They like customize things. And like change it from default to like the better way. (laughs) I feel like they do that for my phones. Whenever I get like a new uh, iPhone, they're like, oh no, let let me enhance this for you. And I'm like, whatever. I just use it to text and call and Instagram. That's about it. (laughs) But anyways, we're able to reprogram our brains, right? You know, we're able to, let's not leave it on factory setting. Let's, let's upgrade. Let's upgrade our brains. Start redirecting your brain away from that, 
you know, fear of the future and back, bring it back to the present and allow yourself to find the joy and notice what's going on around you. So according to Psychology Today, uh, which is where I found all that research, by the way, (laughs) 85% of the things people worry about never end up happening. That's crazy, right? So don't let, you know, this anticipation of something happening or might happen, whatever, steal the joy away from the good times. You know, allow yourself to feel the positive emotions. I think sometimes we almost feel like it, or feel bad for feeling those positive emotions. Like we, we shouldn't. But let yourself. It's okay. Those are, those are the good things. That's what gets you through the hard times. Soak them in. If something is going to happen, it will happen regardless of whether or not you spent time stressing over it. So we might as well cut our stress time in half, right? <laughs> so, okay, friends, that is all for today's episode. Just go out there, allow yourself to feel those positive emotions, catch your brain when it starts going to that negative default and that, oh, the what ifs and like, you know, oh, something bad's going to happen. The shoe is going to drop. Catch yourself when you're getting there. Just notice it. I think just catching your brain doing that, that honestly, that's probably the trick to just getting rid of that. That's like, okay, yep, back to the present. (laughs) Just being aware. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.